About five years ago, I, I, I was trying to write it down, look through my journal, figure out uh, my journals, and figure out exactly whether it was true, exactly when it was. But every summer at St. James, we've been partnering with uh, uh, Arlington Temple and going to uh, Appalachian Service Project. And in my, what I believe was my third year, I uh, was a, I, I, my condition to, for going on Appalachian Service Project was I would go, I would work, I would not be a team leader. On my third year, I went, I worked, I was told on my way that I was a team leader. Now, that's okay. I don't mind being a team leader. I just don't feel like my skills are really team, at least at the time, I didn't feel like my skills were team leader skills. And so I went off, and this is, we were in, we were in the mountains of uh, North Carolina, and the good news was we had the same director, site director that we had had the year before, and Jake was an amazing guy um, that we had met in Harlan, Kentucky, uh, at that site, uh, but I was assigned to a, a different staff member, Maggie, and Maggie was all you might hope for in someone who would help you be a, uh, uh, the appointed team leader. In the, this was her first year uh, as, uh, on staff. But she sat down with me, and we talked through all the assignments that needed to be done on the house. And in that time, that week, Maggie and I became friends. Now, she's like 30 years younger than I am. So uh, uh, she was still at uh, going to North Carolina State. And uh, go Wolfpack. I can't believe I said that out loud, but I did. Um, in any case, uh, in case Maggie's watching, she'll appreciate that. She might be, she might not be. But uh, in those days of sitting with Maggie, reporting on what we were doing and what was going on, I encountered the presence of God. I encountered someone who was open and transparent and connected to the bigger picture of why we were doing this. It wasn't about me being perfect. Uh, it wasn't about me getting everything exactly right, but it was about making the house safe uh, in an important way. And Maggie made it possible for me. She challenged me, she encouraged me, she held me up, and she walked me through every step. It was also the summer that Joshua went for the very first time to Appalachian Service Project. And he went under duress. Uh, that is to say to him, we told him he was going. He told us he couldn't afford to take a week off work, that he was saving money for college. We told him that we would pay him to go to Appalachian Service Project, that we would give him the same paycheck he would have gotten, only tax-free from mom and dad, and uh, he should go. Two days into our trip, after having met Maggie and... Uh, the lady whose house we were working on, Josh, said, Dad, I'm never not going to Appalachian Service Project again. You can write me down for next year and every year after that. And Joshua has gone every single year since then. In fact, he always is asking, well, do we know where we're going? Do we know when we're going? Do we know what's happening? All of those kinds of things shape Joshua's plans for the summer. 
you know, taking that week off so he can go and make a difference. And it was all because of an encounter with Maggie and then the lady who was, uh, whose house we worked on. Because in those encounters, we encountered God. Now, I want to talk this morning about encounters, because encounters can change our lives, just like they did for Mary. And in our, on our way to prepare uh, in anticipation of Christmas, there are certain things that have to happen to get us there. First of all, we have to have somebody say yes to bearing Jesus in the world. And it's Mary. So let's hear a little bit of her story. Uh, we're looking at Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. And it begins with uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is Mary's cousin and the mother of John the baptizer. So when it says, when Elizabeth, you'll know who we're talking about. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a city in Galilee, to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Mary said, how can this happen when I've never been with a man? The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. The woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you have said. Then the angel left her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, as I looked at that and I thought about encounters in our lives, I, I guess most of us maybe wish, you know, I can remember when uh, we had a member of my congregation who said, why can't I get a burning bush, James? Danielle used to say to me over and over again, I would love a burning bush, you know, somewhere that catches fire and God talks to me, or maybe just the sky could part a little bit and God could whisper something so I would know exactly what I was supposed to do and exactly how to do it. And I would hear the words audibly because I need somebody to tell me what to do. I don't want to guess. And nobody likes guessing. Let's just be honest, you know, no matter how many different uh, aptitude tests you take, and everything else, trying to figure out what you're supposed to be, what way you can sing God's song. It's hard work. It's hard work because you think you're supposed to do this thing, and then you start doing that thing, and that thing isn't the thing. And so you try something else. I told you before, when I was talking about failures, the series of failures that led me to ministry, uh, first they led me to ministry the first time, and then I had a series of failures that led me to ministry the second time. You know, I couldn't do any of those other things. 
And so, you know, I, I guess they scraped the bottom of the barrel and said, let's put that James guy. Maybe he can do this ministry thing. He certainly can't sell Kirby vacuum cleaners, but we're not going back there. We're not going back there. The truth is, we would all like the kind of encounters that Mary had. Or would we? Or would we? The encounters that we can have with God are often unexpected. We don't know when they're coming. You can't plan for them. Oh, today I'm just going to sit in a comfortable spot and know that this is where God will show up. We can't just... The biblical story is replete with wonderful opportunities where people are doing something completely different. Moses is washing the sheep and the burning bush happens. Mary, we don't even know what Mary's doing. Suddenly an angel shows up, Gabriel, which means God is my strength, and shows up and tells her, by the way, you're going to get pregnant and have a child. Now we believe Mary was probably, you know, an adult by the standards of her day, which meant she was 12 or 13. And she's engaged to somebody else. Who's this baby going to belong to? What's this all about? She wasn't expecting this, this, thing, this God to show up. And we don't even know exactly from this beginning part of Luke why God showed up for Mary. Why was it Mary? Why couldn't she pick, you know, Elizabeth to be the one to bear a child or someone else down the street? Why was it Mary? Well, we don't know exactly. Maybe we'll have to ask God someday when we're chatting with God in eternity. Dude, why, why Mary? You know, she had some cousins. She had some, you know, sisters. She had, you know, all of Israel to choose from. Why Mary? And then God might say, well, that's a stupid question, James. Why not Mary? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. So I don't know. The truth is God chose Mary and showed up in an unexpected, serendipitous way and offered her a choice. But it wasn't such an easy choice. It wasn't such an easy choice. Mary's ultimate response was, let it be with me. Let it be with me the way you want it to be. That sounds like a woman of faith. That's great. Do you know what it is uh, in ancient Israel to be pregnant out of wedlock by somebody other than the one to whom you're engaged? That means let's go outside the city and stone you to death. That's really the law. <laughs> Mary is offered an opportunity to endanger her life, to be challenged beyond that which she imagined she'd ever be challenged. I mean, it's not everyone's dream to grow up and have the Son of God and then to have to watch him be killed. I mean, that's, God didn't give her that insight ahead of time. You know, I'm not sure she could have taken it. She might have said, uh, pick someone next door. You know, uh, whoever, she, Miriam next door. She's probably cool. You know, ask her. Don't ask me. Let it be with me. The unexpected, the serendipitous, the unique appearance of God. You and I never know in our lives where God will appear. But I can tell you one thing that Paul tells me, and that is in God we live and move and have our being. That means everywhere there is God. There is no place you will go, no place you will sit. So I can't say, okay, today I'm going to sit in this chair over here and preach because if I sit in this prayer, God won't show up because I'm over here. And I'll, everybody knows I can't preach sitting down because i got to move. So perhaps God won't show up today because I sat down. 
And, or maybe I think that if I'm on the stage, God won't show up. So maybe, uh-oh, I've made it really difficult because now I'm out of focus, aren't I? So I'll come right back down. You don't have to worry about focusing. The truth is, we can show, God can show up anywhere. God can show up anywhere in your life, in the line at Starbucks. Drive through at, uh, you know, uh, Chick-fil-A. Here in church on a Sunday morning, as you're leaving, as you're walking up, on the side of the road on the way to church, and you're already feeling, I'm going to be a little bit late. Hey, it's St. James. That's pretty much everybody. So, uh, you know, I'm already on my way to St. James, and I don't have time to stop at the side of the road for this person who's got a flat tire. My brother-in-law drives me a little bit crazy, my sister's husband. But the one thing I see in that boy all the time, and he's older than I am, so uh, is, is serendipitous meetings. Two nights ago, Dave saw a guy at the side of the road who was out of gas. So Dave stops, picks him up, doesn't know him, in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina, drives him to the gas station, listens to his story, fills up the tank, takes it back to the car, fills up the car, and is home late, you know, because he went out of his way. I don't know. Was that, was that Jesus at the side of the road who was trying to get somewhere? I don't know. But you see, David, Dave makes these opportunities in his life to encounter God in strange ways. Now, I'm not suggesting to all of you that you pick up strangers on the side of the road. It could be dangerous. But my brother-in-law doesn't think about that first. He thinks about the guy stranded at the side of the road first. That's how he thinks. And he's an example to me. I think I'm going to be late for church. He would think, there's a guy that needs my help. Dave's not perfect, but he's not afraid to stop and help. And in so doing, perhaps entertaining an angel or Jesus unaware. You see, for us, the possibility of encountering God is something that we look for in burning bushes and skies flung wide open. And sometimes it's just in that simple conversation you have with somebody who needs, to, needs you to listen to them while you're sitting in Starbucks or at the dinner table. Sometimes Linda's had that kind of day where she comes home and she sits at the table and I sit at the table and she just tells me about her day. I learned long ago, do not try to fix Linda's day. I do not try to fix, I just listen to it. Linda can fix her day. Linda can fix anything. This is, you know, this is not you know, a question to me. But she just needs someone who can hear her and that she can share uh, various challenges in her life about, with and that who isn't going to go and broadcast them. I'm not telling you what she said. I'm just saying that she just said, you know, every once in a while she has a frustrating day. You know, even the all-powerful, amazing, totally organized, fixer of everythings, you know, every once in a while, frustrating day. And I can be there. And in those moments, I hear the, with wonder, you know, the kinds of things, knowing what she does and knowing the challenges and knowing how big the challenges are. Those are moments when God is present 
If we keep looking for God to show up in burning bushes and in broken open skies and in all sorts of other kinds of things, we might miss the God who shows up in the simple conversation that shows up when we're listening to that song and for the first time we miss a line we've missed all along, speaks to us. And we realize we're supposed to do something different. Or we see that person at the side of the road. And today we actually have two bucks in our pocket. And I don't have anything to do with the two bucks. I slide it over to the guy that's on the, the side of the road. And maybe it makes no difference. Do you know what I found out makes a difference? Even if I don't have cash, and you know, I live in a cashless society, so if I have cash, it's pretty amazing. There might be some in my pocket today, but I'd be surprised. You know, if I stop and roll down the window and just say hi, I'm sorry I don't have anything. Do you know how many of those folks have said, well, thanks for talking to me? It's okay if you don't have anything. Blessings on your day is usually what they say, or something like that. Now, I, I don't know, they could be flim-flam artists, or they could be the son of God standing at the side of the road hoping that I'll stop there. If I believe God is everywhere, in God I live and move and have my being, that's what Paul said. If I believe it's possible to have an epiphany, an encounter with God anywhere I go, then why can't it be the homeless guy or gal? Why can't it be the barista who's had a rough day at Starbucks? Because apparently everybody is not happy with a Starbucks drink unless it's exactly the way they want it. I, that was one too many pumps of something that you put in here. Really? Really, you notice the one too many pumps or not enough pumps? Okay, some of us. Admittedly, I would notice. But I would, I would let it slide. I would let it slide. <laughs> I would let it slide. Next time, work harder. No, I would not even say that. I would not say that. Because life is too hard to argue about some of those things. Now, admittedly, if they gave me like uh, a chai tea latte instead of my triple shot uh, espresso, you know, whatever, then we might have a conversation. Wait a second. This, this has, this, first of all, this has milk in it. Do you know this is bad news for me? And second of all, I think this must be somebody else's. And they fix it right away. I don't have to say it mean. Now, I do have to admit, recently I have not always been... I've been answering all of the soliciting calls that come to my house now. <laughs> I've decided, I, if I don't know that number when it calls in my house, I pick it up. Hello. Hello, Mr. Henry. I believe you are in, I don't know, what? Who are you and why are you calling me? Your Microsoft license has expired. I don't even have a Microsoft computer, so how did that happen? You know, uh, I, so I talked to them. Do you really want to be doing this? I'm waiting for the IRS guy calling me and telling me, we're sending the police right now. Well, good, I'm preparing a tea and cu cookies right here. Send them on. We'll have a nice time conversating about that whole thing. Yes, I know you're a scam, but why don't you talk to me for a while so you don't try to scam somebody who actually will give you their credit card number and you can steal their money. Talk to me. Because do you know that God loves you? That ends almost every conversation. <laughs> Hello? Did you know God loves you? You're, God's especially fond of you? 
Yeah, okay, well, okay. That ends so many conversations. But the truth, can we just be honest with each other? Sometimes we expect for God to show up in ways that maybe God doesn't want to show up in our lives. God wants us to see that moment when I see Shelby with her wings. And I wish I had a cool set of pink wings like that. And Shelby makes it pretty clear when I ask her if she's not loaning me those wings either. But, you know, if we could only imagine those conversations, how many great questions have been asked by small children to us that really open the window for us to see, oh my gosh, my life could be so much bigger. I told you to love and to share, and then I don't love and share. Hannah and Josh used to be in the backseat of the F-150, the voice of my conscience. And it wasn't pretty. (laughs) Daddy, you have hurt God's feelings and the people in front of you. They couldn't hear me. You know. But I could, Daddy. But I could, Daddy. That's why I now love all drivers in Northern Virginia. Unconditionally. You know, God is especially fond of you. (laughs) That's what I say, just like that, just those voices. You know, Christmas time is the time of year when we celebrate the fact that God wanted to encounter us so much he came in person. God wanted to know us so much that God came in person. But in order to get here, There were a number of pieces that had to fall in place. And the first one was Mary had to say yes. I think we Protestants undersell Mary. We think our Catholic sisters and brothers oversell Mary. This woman said yes. In a death-defying way to bearing the Son of God. I don't know, that seems pretty big to me. To believe in God enough to say, sure, I'll do it. That's impressive. So let's stop underestimating Mary. But before we can get to Christmas, we ought to expect a few encounters in our lives because the encounters will change our lives. My encounter with Maggie changed my life and Joshua's life. My encounter with Linda changed my life. My encounter with most of you have changed my life in one way or another over time. Encounters happen and our lives can be changed just like Mary's was. But know that this whole season is about God wanting you so badly he was going to chase you no matter what in a relentless way to show, I love you. There's nothing you can do to stop me. I love you. Mary said yes. If God asks you to just be kind to your neighbor the one you don't like, could you say yes? Or is that too much? If God invites you to stop at the side of the road, even though you don't have any money, and say to the person who you say, I'm sorry, I don't have anything I can give you, but I hope things work out. Is everything all right? Is there anything I can do besides money? I don't have any. Who knows what conversation will come? just don't see the image of God in each other and we miss it. You are the mirrors of God. 
and each person you meet could be as well. So look for those encounters. Be surprised by those encounters. And every once in a while, say yes to those encounters with God. Because they happen all the time. And for Mary, she said yes.